Hello everyone, I'm Emily Lavender and welcome back to the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. Today I'm excited to have Scott and Dawn Smith join me for episode 19 of the Forever Marriage Podcast. Can y'all believe that we've recorded 19 19. episodes? Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) I know, yeah. Yes. So fun. Um, So first, we want to just take a minute to inform our listeners of what we are studying as a church and where we are headed with the focus of these next few podcast episodes. So Scott, will you just explain for a minute to our listeners um, where we are as a church? Yeah, and what we've been doing here at Lakewood, we're in Gainesville, Georgia, for those who may not know. uh, We're going through a year-long series called The Wisdom of God. And we started out the year going through some of the Old Testament passages, specifically in January, looking at wisdom of God through Proverbs. And then we went into the wisdom of God through the New Testament. And where we are right now, we are in a six-week series here at Lakewood through the epistle of Paul, uh, Ephesians. And we're going through the six chapters of Ephesians over the next six weeks, we're it's a what we do in the fall of every year is we have what is a, a church-wide study that we're all all of our groups are reading together the same passage we're preaching about it our worship team has written a song about it we're memorizing scripture it's an all-encompassing uh, campaign and that's what we're doing right now called the wisdom of community awesome mm-hmm. so last week we read Ephesians 1 yes why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, Ephesians 1? And- yeah, here's the, a very interesting thing. We, we're going through this on a daily basis. You can go to lakewoodlife.org, and you can see our wisdom of community material, and we can get it to you if, if you'd like it. Um, but what we're doing is each day we're interacting with the Scripture, and on Monday of last week, we read Ephesians chapter 1, and we interacted with the Scripture. For those who have ever done like a preset Bible study, there's a, a Bible study method called inductive Bible study where you interact with the text. And what we did specifically in that text, Em, we, any reference in Ephesians 1 that was about God, we underlined it in purple. Any reference about Jesus, we underlined it in red. And any reference to the Holy Spirit, we underlined it in yellow. And as we look at this text, I'm looking at mine right now, it's color-coded. It looks like a rainbow almost because there's so much in Ephesians 1. And even as we got into this week in Ephesians 2, this whole idea of the triune God, His the, the presence of God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit is all through this. And then what we also did on Monday, we we went into prepositional phrases, which if you... <laughs> When when did we start learning prepositional phrases? Do y'all remember when... when at what age did we start diagramming sentences? I just remember vividly in seventh grade diagramming sentences. Really? And, okay, yeah. seventh grade. But I mean, I'm sure we learned what prepositions and prepositional phrases were before that. Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely say it had to be middle school. But now, it's been a long time since you and I have been in school. I was in middle school... <laughs> 77 1977 78 mm-hmm. I think yeah so I've slept yeah, I, since can re- then. I can remember yeah. I'm, I'm like M so probably seventh eighth grade definitely in my eighth grade English classes mm-hmm. diagramming sentences 
well, that kind of stuff. Well, here's the thing, guys, for me. I, I must have just slept. I may have been in love with Cynthia at the time. Uh, Cynthia, yeah, seventh grade was my sweetheart, my, my crush. Uh, I, but I have no recollection of learning how to diagram a sentence. Funny story, no, no kidding. When we went to seminary in 96, Dawn and I had been married almost 10 years. By this time, I was 33 years old. In seminary, I had to take, Emily, I had to take two years of Greek, and my greatest struggle with Greek was my inability to diagram a sentence mm. in English. <laughs> I could tell you what the subject was. I could tell you what the verb was. Had no idea what a prepositional phrase, a predicate, uh, adjective, an adverb, participles, none of that stuff. None of that stuff. So when we got last Monday into this whole idea of underlining or circling prepositional phrases, I actually had to Google what a prepositional <laughs> phrase was because I had no clue. But I found out that prepositional phrases are basically anything that is, it sets up either like a noun or a pronoun by through location, time, or place. Mm -hmm. And so that might be phrases like of, in, before, to, through, with, mm -hmm. from above. There's a host of them. There's at least 11 that we're going to look at here in a minute. And I'm going to tie this along the way to how this applies to marriage. You might be thinking, what does prepositional phrases have to do with marriage? And I, I, I found out, guys, this past week it has everything to do with marriage. <laughs> So I'm going to ask Dawn to read for us. If you're if you're driving in your car or you're listening, you may not be able to do it right now. Don't drive and try to read at the same time. But no. if you're somewhere that you can, what I would encourage you to do is pull up uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Dawn's going to be reading it from the English Standard Version, the ESV. And we're just going to look at the first 14 verses. And as she's reading, here's what I want you to look for. Any prepositional phrase that pertains to Christ, for instance, in verse 1, it will say, of Christ. And later in that verse, it will say, in Christ. So any, any prepositional phrase, I want you just to circle it or circle it in your mind's eye. Any phrase that says, of, in, before, to, through, with, from, at, above, under, or over. We won't get through all of them, but those are some of the phrases that you're looking for. Okay, so Dawn's going to read for us Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, 
which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in, in according to the counsel of his will. So that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Okay, so what is Paul doing there? Paul is basically setting up for a believer. He's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he is setting up for them positionally who they are in Christ. And he, he has this repeated refrain of, you are this because of Christ. It's in him. It's through him. It's with him. It's from him that Christ, through God, through the grace and mercy of God, through Christ, we are redeemed. Verse 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood. So you have two prepositional phrases right there. In Christ we have redemption through his blood, through the riches of his grace. Speaking of the grace of God through Christ. Now, here's, here's the reality, guys, as you're listening to us. I, I want to say this to you. When, when we're looking at marriage, we were just talking about it a few moments ago in our staff meeting. In marriage, we often have this intuitive sense of what we need to do. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better wife. I need to do these things. And we come at it, we approach it, guys, from a lens of, I'm going to do that. We, we make these resolutions starting tomorrow, okay? Give you a for instance. We were, Don and I were meeting with a couple recently. And one of his greatest wishes, Emily, was for his wife just to be kind. I want you to be kind. And uh, she has been, for the past two weeks, she has been doing it. Um, she's been doing a good job. I said, I said to him when we met, I said, have you noticed her, her kindness? And he said, yes, I've noticed it. Then I looked at her and I said, is that sustainable? Mm. Can the kindness that you're granting to your husband right now, is it sustainable? Cause here, here's the thing guys, when, why are we looking at prepositional phrases in the forever marriage podcast? Here's why. We have good intent in marriage. Most all of us desire. I, I don't know many husbands or many wives who don't have a desire to be a good husband or a good wife, a good father, a good mother. The struggle is how to go about it. And often what we find, Dawn and I find, is they are attempting to do it in and of themselves. Yeah through their, their will, their, their want to. And what, what struck me about this, guys, is when I was reading it, there is a definitive expiration date to all of that. 
I can only be so good to Dawn for a period of time until it gets brushed up in in that either I feel like she's not reciprocating that, she's not receiving it, she's not acknowledging it, and then I, I will run out of steam. But if I understand I can do this not in and of myself. The only way I am going to be the husband to Dawn, she, the wife to me, that we want and need from one another is in Christ. It's in Christ. It's through Christ. It's under Christ. And that, that has just opened my eyes. So let's just talk about here for a moment. What are the practical applications to that? What does that look like with regard to marriage, with regard to parenting, with regard to sexuality, with regard to the management of money, with regard to life in general? What are the, and I'm asking. Yeah. Well, I was faced with it last night as I was sharing earlier. Um, Benji and I had gotten a little tiff and I was angry and it was time to go to bed and I wanted to go to bed. And I, I know that that is not what I should do according mm-hmm. to God's word. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. In mm-hmm. your anger, do not sin. Like all these verses the Lord was bringing mm-hmm. to mind. and But in that moment, I did not want to apologize and tell him I was angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I truly had to call out to the Lord in my heart and mind, Lord, help me. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell him I'm sorry. I feel like I'm right. <laughs> you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. But... He just reminded me, Emily, look at Benji the way that I see him. He is my child. He is forgiven. You are forgiven. Like, look through that lens. Um, Consider what I've done for you. And in his grace, he helped me to apologize. And we reconciled. And Mm -hmm. boy, it was good sleep. Yeah, (laughs) And I could wake up fresh and open God's word and not feel hindered. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, last night for, for us, it was very... Yeah. Very real. <laughs> well, I think even as you, if you look at the way Paul has structured this letter to this church, to the young, to this young church, that, and then of course, Ephesians, as you know, as married people, we know the passages that are going to come to us that we're going to have to mm-hmm. grapple with eventually uh, come at the latter part of the letter. And I think it's done so for a reason because I think that it's before he addresses what our relationship one to another is going to be like, we really need to be grounded in what our relationship is like vertically mm-hmm. with the Lord. What, what, what does that really mean for, for us as believers mm-hmm. to know that we are in Christ, to know that God himself chose us to be a part of his family that he has lavished his grace upon us Mm -hmm. when we have a real grasp and understanding of our vertical relationship with him it really makes us less likely to get involved in a lot of power struggles Mm -hmm. horizontally Mm -hmm. one with another that we are really keenly aware of the value of another person Mm -hmm. and that that our our relationship with god determines how we interact with one another so these these first this first chapter is especially important that Paul is writing understand and then at the end he writes this prayer he wants them to have this they he wants the eyes of their heart to be enlightened mm-hmm. he wants them to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God better why because the church is going to the 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 kingdom of God is built on the church by the church mm-hmm. through Christ 
And it needs to be solidified as we come to this understanding of who God is, who we are to him, growing in our relationship with him is going to strengthen the body. And for in our purposes, marriage, it mm-hmm. strengthens marriage in ways that we cannot, it cannot be strengthened otherwise. If we don't understand who we are in Christ and all that has been afforded to us in Christ, that to us is what the marriage scriptures are built on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, for those listening, Dawn has referenced it a number of times when we talk about in church world, we use this phrase identity in Christ. Uh, what Neil Anderson says, understanding who we are in Christ. Now, you may say, well, what does that have to do with marriage? It has everything to do with marriage. Because as we look at these passages, specifically from Ephesians, we see that we are redeemed. We see that we are accepted. We see that we are loved, that God, as Dawn said, lavished his love upon us. So if we're redeemed, we're loved, we're accepted, our security and our significance comes in and from Christ, what are the implications of that in marriage? When we know, as Dawn said, in the vertical When we know that we are loved, we're esteemed, we're valued, we're redeemed, we're secure, we're accepted in Christ, through Christ, there gives us this sense, as Paul says in Colossians, this sense that we are complete. We know that we are complete, and we don't, on the horizontal phase, horizontal plane, attempt to get things from our spouse that can only come to us from God through Christ, our completeness, our security, our significance. When we understand who we are in Christ, it shapes our interactions, not only in marriage, but in this world in general. It gives us a greater sense of of grace. It gives us a greater sense of mercy, as we'll look at when we get later on in probably our next podcast. We're going to start looking at what Emily referred to in Ephesians 4. It gets very practical on dealing with anger, on dealing with forgiveness and having compassion and kindness. When we understand our identity in Christ, it shapes all of our interactions with other people. Generally speaking, guys, what we tend to find is people, especially believers, I'm speaking to believers, believers who do not understand their identity in Christ inevitably seek to get their identity filled by other things or other people. And if that's you, I want to challenge you. I want you to begin reading through these first few chapters of Ephesians, looking at these prepositional phrases and ask the father, father, what does it mean that it's in Christ? This is true of me or that it's through Christ that this is true of me. This is what Christ has done on my behalf. As Emily has alluded to, it has everything to do with how we go about resolving conflict, that we can hear the spirit of Christ speak to us about our part that we need to reconcile. And we'll talk about that in our next episode through Ephesians 4. But here's where I want us to end. Dawn's alluded to it already. I'm going to let Dawn read the last section of this chapter. This is verses 15 through 23 of Ephesians. And really, this is, if you're parents, let me just be very practical for you here. If you're a parent 
or even just a spouse, if you're not even a parent yet, you can use this prayer of Paul, starting in verse 15, just as a phenomenal way to pray for your spouse, to pray for yourself. If you're a parent, to pray for your children, that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. So, Dawn, if you'll just close our time together reading this prayer. Okay. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, let me give you guys a practical next step. As I said, right now, over the next six weeks here at Lakewood, we're going through the six chapters of Ephesians. And what I'm personally doing in my daily quiet time with the Lord in the morning, I'm personally going through all six chapters. I read it and listen to it at the same time. It takes about 20 minutes. But let me give you just a practical next step. As Dawn read there, um, that you may have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of God through Christ. Here's what I want to encourage you just as a practical next step from what you're listening to today. Starting on Monday, or you can actually do it, what I, what I would encourage is Monday read Ephesians 1, Tuesday read Ephesians 2, Wednesday 3, Thursday 4, Friday 5, Saturday 6. Do that for the next six weeks. And I can promise you, as you read this, as you become saturated in this word, what is truth, your eyes are going to begin to be enlightened. Especially when you get to Ephesians 4, what you Emily said in her own personal testimony, this happened just last night, less than 24 hours ago. God's Spirit enlightened the eyes of Emily's heart to not let the sun go down on her anger. And the only way that would have been there is by it having been implanted. James says, receive the word implanted. And Emily had received God's word implanted in her heart and mind, and it shaped her interactions with her husband in the midst of a conflict. So I want to encourage you over the next six weeks, one chapter a day, Monday chapter 1, Tuesday chapter 2, and so forth, Do that, get saturated in God's Word, and see how the mind of your heart, the eyes of your heart, will be enlightened. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And we'll be back for another episode of the Forever Marriage Podcast.